Amen. Thank you. It's wonderful, wonderful worship tonight. Take a look in the Bible. That'd be the Old Testament into Proverbs, uh, the third chapter. Can you do that? Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, we're just going to launch there and, and read. Um, it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And lean not to your own what? Understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth. I don't know, I missed a verse. Here it is. Honor the Lord with your wealth. I got it. With the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. How do you get the barns overflowing? You honor God first. The message is simply titled, What a Great Life. How many of you think you have a great life? Raise your hand. What a great life. You enjoy life and things are, are just beautiful. And you say, well, what is life? I have a simple definition. And, and here we go. It's that period between birth and death. Now, how many of you would agree with that? Just raise your hand. We do exercise here at Victory, keep everybody healthy. Well, here's what I've been told, that the, the average lifespan, they say, is 70 years, 70 years. Well, I want to share with you some uh, typical lifespan of a 70-year lifespan. I love this. It says you sleep 23 years, all right? That's 32.9%. You work 16 years. That is, if you work 24-7, you'd work 16 years. Uh, you watch television or some technology for eight years. Eating is six years. Travel is six years. Leisure is 4.5 years. Illness is four years. Uh, dressing is two years. Uh, religion, engaged in religion, you spend some 0.5 years. And then the total is 70 years. That's 100% of your life. You say, well, that's not true for me. We didn't say it's true for you. We just said it's the average lifespan of what people do uh, in their life. And that was uh, presented to you. I read it out of Our Daily Bread. Uh, for some, uh, it's not found or, found, uh, or, or a good life. It's found in our possessions. It's found in our pleasure. It's found in our position. We identify with who we are. Uh, we identify ourselves with maybe what we do. Uh, we, of course, uh, find that in our educational achievements and, or our social status. And someone has said, and I find it true, said the trouble with far too many people, people are spending money that they haven't earned for things that they don't need to impress people they don't like. Let me say it again. The trouble is that too many people are spending money that they haven't earned for things that they don't need and to impress people that they don't like. God, in our, in our economy of spirituality, 
God sees a vision of the good life for us through what is considered to be a perfect spiritual perception. If you read, as we read together, chapter 3, starting in verse number 1 there, or in the Proverbs, of Proverbs 3, starting with verse 1, you'd say, well, there's a whole lot of good advice uh, that's there. And what I'd like to do is take a few moments and talk about that. Number one, uh, here's the most prominent that I found, is number one, keep God's Word as a guide. Keep God's Word as a guide. Proverbs 3, that was the first verse. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your what? In your heart. Keep them in your heart. If you keep them in your heart, chances are you're going to own them. He said there are two truths that provoke our fault. It says this, don't forget God's teaching and keep the commands of God in your heart. And one of the great gifts that God has given us is the ability to be able to think. And to make our decisions and to say, okay, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. I don't want to forget God's teaching. I want to remember it and I want to keep the commands of God in my heart. Now, here's what's important. If you do that, the great possibility of living a life that is pleasing to God is far greater than you might imagine. We have the ability and we do it often. We uh, seek information. Uh, we want to learn. We process thoughts. We make one a decision after another. We choose right from wrong. And we understand, well, what is the foundation? What is the foundation of the truths in which I believe? I heard a very prominent pastor the other day uh, of a large church in a major city. He said, listen, God never taught on morality and God never talked on social value. He never did. I thought, you have lost your ever-loving mind, you know, ever-loving mind. It's amazing that individuals with a little credibility began to believe what it is that they conjure up in their mind with no way to prove it out of the Word of God. Well, the question is, what is the foundation that guides your life? What is it? You know, is it the foundation of truth? What is the treasure that you go to, that treasure chest, and open it up and say, God, I want to be guided in this decision now, and I want to do what you desire for me to do. Well, the further we get from an established absolute truth, the easier it is to be deceived. And the more deceived that you become, the less we are able to embrace truth. So people often have a warped idea in their life. For example, you can ask a lot of people, are you a Christian? Absolutely, I'm a Christian. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever asked Jesus for forgiveness? Do you honor him on a daily basis? Do you go to church? Do you pray? Do you live to the best of your ability? In other words, is God first in your life? Well, I mean, I do my best. I do my best. Well, doing your best is not good enough, according to the Word of God, that there's only one way to heaven, and it is through Jesus Christ, and we must confess our sins and believe that He died for our sins and then make our minds up to live for Him. How do you feel about that? Our text declares that there is one truth right there. It does not fail. It is perfect. It has stood the test of challenge and opposition, and it brings absolute harmony 
to one soul and mine, and it is the precious Word of God. I believe in the Word of God. Would you say that with me? I believe in the Word of God. I want you to put your hands together, and let's welcome all of our online audience. They believe in the Word of God as well. It's the truth. It is the whole truth. And what? Nothing but the truth. Amen. Well, there, uh, of course, are many promises in the Word of God. Some say 7,000 promises that are there that God will give us to guide us. And this is what he said. If we keep God's Word as a guide, I know the Word. It's sacred in my heart. He said, you will live a long and productive life, and you will enjoy prosperity. Here's what I know. I've witnessed families where out of, out of a group of, of, of siblings, and one of those siblings would raise their family in church, raise their children in church. I've watched another sibling not raise their family in church, not darken the door of church. And I can tell you almost every time the family that's raised their children in church and their children's children seem to be more productive, seem to be happier, seem to have more prosperity than the family that does not raise their children in church. I see it over and over and over. And I believe that would in fact be a true statement. God's Word through the Spirit says He will guide us. How many have ever been guided by the Holy Spirit, say amen. You felt, God, I want to be guided. Let me give an illustration. Uh, Admiral Sir Thomas Williams uh, was crossing the Atlantic in a, a major shipping vessel. And uh, when he got out to a place, it said that, that he caught sight way out there in the horizon of the island of Ascension. And he looked and he, he told his lieutenant, who was the pilot of that ship, do you see what I see. And he said, yes, sir, that is the island of Ascension. He said, well, if you don't mind, kind of point us in that direction. And the lieutenant who was the pilot said, sir, if we do that, that will take us off course. The admiral was quiet for a little while. And he said, I want you to move in that direction, which the lieutenant who was the pilot said again, that will take us massively off course. The admiral said, stay on course to that island. When they got close enough, they looked and they saw a flag on a pole that was a white rag on a pole. They got closer and they began to see movement. And what had actually happened about two months before that, a ship had got caught in the storm and a crew there of some 35 individuals crashed and was able to make it to the island of Ascension, which was uninhabited, which the only thing they ever gathered, ever gathered from there were turtles. And when they got there, these people were hungry and almost dead. And they, the lieutenant turned to the admiral and said, how did you know? He said, I did not know. Then how did you know? He said, son, because there is a spirit in all of us 
If we are living to honor God, that God speaks to us, and sometimes you have to be bold and brave enough to steer off the course to do the will of the Heavenly Father rather than going in a direction that might be prescribed. Can you say amen? I'm glad Jesus stepped off course and came down to heaven and gave his life for my sin and rose from the grave on the third day doing the will of the Heavenly Father. Number two, we have to be led by love. How many of you are just natural lovers? Can you get a hand up? You're just, you're just natural. I see that hand. I'm still looking for a hand. Don't you? See, if you only put it up this high, I'll never see it. You're, 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 you're a lover. That's good. You're, that's good. The two of you together, both lovers naturally. Over here, I'm looking for natural. Really? Okay, I see that. I see that hand. All right, any other hands? Yes, I, I see that one. Okay, then let me ask this question. How many of you are not natural lovers? May I see your hand? Some of y'all are not going to move for anybody, are you? <laughs> I'm not giving it up whether I'm natural or not natural. <laughs> be led by love and faithfulness. All right, let's be careful. I, I hear y'all over there. Any natural lovers over there? Okay, thank you, Jeff. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. It will take real discipline for carnal nature to be mastered to be faithful and to continue to love when everything around you says hate. True love does not love because you fit the mold. True love doesn't love because, okay, you did something good. When the Word is our guide, and we say, that's my guide, it's in my heart, Allowing love and faithfulness to direct us will almost be automatic. The big word for love is forgiveness. I'm not going to ask you how many are natural forgivers. It's just easy for you to give. Well, I do forgive after about two days. I do forgive once, you know, I feel like I'm over the temperament. It has to do with obedience. Henry of Barbarity, one time... Uh, he became weary. He was, uh, he was a king. And he became weary of sitting on the throne and on the court. And he thought, I'm tired of this. He decided that he wanted to enter into the priesthood and be in the monastery. And so he, he went to the prior, who was the head monk, and he told him his story and the head monk looked at him and said, King, this is highly unusual. You're good at using your scepter. You'd, you have to answer to no one. And now you want to come and be in the monastery. He said, the reality is you will have to be absolute obedient to whatever you're told to do. And the king responded, 
Yes, sir, I will be. I want that. He said, you will have to be obedient whether you agree or disagree. I'm ready to do that. He says, you will have to be obedient at a moment's notice that you don't have time to think about it. Yes, sir, that's what I want. He said, are you ready then to join the organization to be in the monastery? He said, yes, sir. He said, get a good night's rest and come back to me tomorrow morning. The king came back and said, what is it that you want me to do? And the head monk said to the king, I, I want you to go back to your throne and I want you to stay there until the day you die and learn to govern by listening and learning. And the king said, good enough, and went back to the throne so that the people who served him said, King Henry has learned to govern by learning to obey. Now, are we willing to learn and are we willing to obey? And to what degree are we willing to obey? Love is a feeling and emotion that is useless if it's not activated. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's the old guy, I've used him before. He's been around my life a lot, a lot of years. You know, his wife comes in and said, he never tells me he loves me, just never. Finally, he came in, he said, I told you, woman, I told you when I married you that I loved you, that's good enough. I am a man of my word. You know? Thank God your daughter's not married to that kind of a man. How many of you know how to say I love you? Well, let's say it together on three. One, two, three. I love you. Amen. Felt pretty good, didn't it? I love you regardless. Let's say that. I love you regardless. That's good. We're doing well. I love you if you hurt me. Let's try that one on. I love you if you hurt me. Well, I, that wasn't as much. See, love, that's the beauty. Our text says, never let love or faithfulness leave you. Never let it leave you. Then we're told to place them around our neck and write them on the tablet of our heart so that they don't get away, that they're imprinted there because they are that important to us, that important. Newspaper columnist and a minister, Reverend George Kane. He had a lady that came in he was counseling with, what may I do with you, sister? She said, I'll tell you what I want you to do is pray for me. She said, I want you to know that I hate my husband. I am not in love with him. I want to get rid of him. And I also want to get even. I want to get even. Well, and before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he has hurt me. Wow. The good doctor said, okay, I have a plan. Are you ready to obey? Yes, sir. Well, this, whatever you tell me to do with this accomplished, he said, yeah, 
But he said, you won't think it will, but you do exactly what I say. I want you to go home and act as if you really love your husband. I want you to tell him how much he means to you. I want you to praise him for every decent trait that he has. I want you to go out of your way to be kind and considerate and generous. I want you to serve him. I want you to spare no effort to please him, and I want you to enjoy him. And I want you to make him believe that you are madly in love with him. And then after you've convinced him of your undying love, that you cannot live without him, then drop the bomb. You sure that'll work? Absolutely. Tell him when you drop the bomb, I'm divorcing you. He said, you will hurt him more than you can ever imagine. She went home with enthusiasm. She acted as, as if she was madly in love. Now, if this is your story and your family, I'm sorry. I did not know it. For two months, she showed love. She listened. She was kind. She was giving. She was reinforcing. Told him how handsome he was. How much she appreciated him providing a shelter. How wonderful he was in his physique. That could be any of us. How wonderful he was in his kindness. She thanked him for his character. And she went on and on and on. Three months passed. The good Dr. Crane had not heard from her. He told her two months. He called her up. He said, are you now ready to go through with the divorce? She said, divorce? Never. I discovered that I really do love the old rascal. Her actions had changed her feeling. So, okay, I've got love. But when love is an emotion and that love and emotion turns into action, it changes the perspective of everything in your path. I, love, I don't hate, I don't disregard, I'm bitter, I'm hurt, I'm this. But when you change your emotion and you put that into action, here's what he's saying. You're putting it around your neck and placing it in your heart. And there are no substitutions for love and faithfulness, because the opposite of love is hate, and the opposite of faithfulness is unfaithfulness. And if the church does not demonstrate the love of being a faithful person, I mean a faithful person to God, then we're going to fail to reflect the light and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, love and be faithful. Well, what if everybody in Christianity in the born-again Christian enemy, what if everybody loved and was faithful to Christ Jesus by being loyal to his local church? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I love you, Lord. I trust you, God. We know that that is extremely important in our lives. So here's what he said. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So God says, your reputation is registered with me when you behave that way.
Number three, trust in the Lord, not in your sufficiency. How many remember the old song, trust and obey, for there's no other way. Jesus, but you do know it. Trust in the Lord and not your sufficiency. Here he is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Trust the Lord. That means when you cannot see past your hand. Trust in the Lord when you don't understand what he's doing. Believe the word of God that when he says, I promise not to leave you nor forsake you. Believe when he says, if you trust, I will give you the prosperity and I'll give you the covering that you need. A father had three little girls. I don't know their ages. Let's say six, eight, and ten. How many go with that? Six, eight, and ten. Then that's their ages. Three little girls. They said their prayer every night. The six-year-old was the last one to go to bed. They all slept in the same bed, king bed. And the dad asked her, sweetheart, did you say your prayers? She said, no, I don't have to say my prayers tonight. I'm in the middle. Now, when I say that, how many of you know what that means? I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. He said, what do you mean? He said, aren't you afraid to go to bed without saying your prayers? No, I'm in the middle. He went in, and she jumped in bed, smacked between both sisters. The 8-year-old and the 10-year-old and the 6-year-old is right in the middle. This is a true story because it was told by Dr. John Robertson. And he told that about his own daughters. He said, you know, here's what I found out. That sometimes when you're in the middle and you're being blessed and you have authority and things are going well, you're in the middle. And when you're not facing a major conflict and people are giving you accolades, you're in the middle. And when you have enough money to pay the monthly bills and some left over to be able to save, you're in the middle. And when no one is deathly ill, you're in the middle. And when no one's accusing you and there's no sickness in your way and it appears that, that you're getting favor from one side to the other, you're in the middle. And he said, and I was in the middle for a long time. I led a major ministry. I led a major university. I led a, a major cooperation. He said, I was in the middle. He said, but the day came when I was no longer in the middle, I was the president of nothing. My health failed. The friends that I thought were my friends, lifetime friends, I found that they were my friends as long as I was in authority. But when that ceased, they were gone. And he said, I looked a long time at the time that I wasted being secure in the middle until I wasn't in the middle anymore. 
and I realized that I should have been praying and seeking his face as if I had major challenges my whole life. You see, that's love, that's trust. That's giving it all to the Lord. Here's what he says, Isaiah 26, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. No matter what we do, no matter what season we're in, and here we're facing a major virus. I hear some people say, well, the coronavirus, not as, not as much as just the plain old flu. That's true. You know, but here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter what virus is out there. The key is, Father God, I'm in your hands. I trust you. You are my rock. You are my salvation. Lord, I'm going to do my best to protect myself. I'm going to walk circumspectly before you. I'm going to be everything that I can be. And at the end of the day, when I know that I can't, I'm simply going to put my life in your hands. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to listen to so much negativity that tries to impact my faith. I'm going to honor you and trust you. And I'm going to declare to other people, settle down. Don't panic. Put your trust and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and live accordingly. That's pretty good preaching. The online audience thinks so with many other things in life and in this world that will offer us an opportunity to put your trust there. Most of us know what those things are. It's money. Those things of power and presence and security, physical being. Had a man yesterday in my office, two others with him, he got up and said, I'm, I'm, I'm in better shape than anybody else in this room. And got up and smiled and shook our hand and left. I called him up this morning. I said, I remembered your statement. You're in better physical shape than anybody in this room. Yes, sir. I said, you remember about a month ago when you couldn't stand up straight because your back was out of whack? I said, you know, I could take my fist and hit you in the back at the right place and render you helpless and on the floor crawling. Yeah, you're right. So I said, be careful that you don't say you're in the best physical shape of anybody else when you got that lingering challenge. What I'm trying to tell you is this. You can't depend on anything, and you shouldn't, before you depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You got wayward children, depend on God. You got challenges physically, depend on God. You got fired, depend on God. Your job's in jeopardy, depend on God. It, what happens is when our trust is lost or our waver from the Lord is lean and we lean then on our own understanding and that's exactly what he says, do not do. And there is no way that one can depend upon his wisdom and trust in God at the same time. Well, I agree. What about the times that I don't agree with God? What about the times I can't see? What about the times we're required to give up something? Do we trust or not? Here's what he says. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will what? Make your path straight. You believe that? In all your ways, and he will make 
your path straight. Does that mean you'll hit a pothole? Absolutely. What kind of journey would it be if you didn't have a pothole here and there? But he'll make your path straight. Finally, Proverbs 3, verse 7. The path of the righteous is level. O upright one, you make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord. Walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. And my soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. Let God's word guide you. You can depend upon it. Let love and faithfulness guide you daily. Trust in the Lord and then say, what a great life that we live. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. You do that. Take a look at Proverbs 3 later on tonight. Proverbs 3. Take a look at it. Read it. Proverbs 3. Read that whole chapter. It's right now, Father. We uh, pray, we pray for our nation. We pray for this coronavirus. We pray, well, we pray for the stock market and everything that's related to it. We pray for wisdom of those having to make crucial decisions. God, we're leaning on you. We are, we are going to trust in you in the name of the Lord. Your heart, your word is in our heart. We have it in our, uh, we have it in our heart. We, we have the laws around our neck. And God, we know that we can get so far out there in our own uh, ingenuity and we get in real big trouble. But we want to be led like the admiral of the ship, God. And Lord, that, that, that's the course, but there's something pulling me over here that I need to take a look at. And he was willing to do it, even to the cost of going off course. We want to be that kind of person. We want to be the kind of individual that, that our light shines where we work, our light shines. God, uh, in traffic, where our light shines at home, our light shines at church. We want to be that. We want to have the good life. Well, to have the good life, you have to, you have to make some decisions of discipline and live out that life in Jesus' name. And it's found in Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 10. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And maybe you're here tonight and you're not right with God, or maybe you're online. And you know that there's sin in your heart. You've been living like a rascal. You haven't paid any attention to precepts of God's Word. You've been faking it. And God desires to convict you. And that's what you feel now. God said, I want to convict you. And I want you to pay attention to me. I want you to do that. And if you do that and you feel that convicting spirit, I'm telling you right now, it's because God loves you more than you could ever imagine right now those of you we're going to pray that sinner's prayer give us the ability to get our sins under the blood so everybody would you repeat after me here we go heavenly father heavenly father thank you for jesus christ thank you for jesus christ lord jesus lord jesus thank you for forgiving me thank you for forgiving me i have made mistakes i have, made mistakes. I have messed up i have, messed up. I have sinned I but tonight, but tonight, I'm coming clean, I'm coming clean and I confess my sins, I confess my sins and I believe by faith, believe you, by have faith. Forgiven me. you have forgiven me. Now I rejoice, now I rejoice in, my in my new leash on life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. 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 
We're going to sing this song and give you an opportunity. If you need healing in your body or you're facing a major decision that you need the pristine wisdom of God to know exactly what to do because there's a lot at stake dealing with that decision and there's a lot of back stuff behind what's happening that God needs to take control of. Are you here tonight and physically you've been suffering? God can touch you. Or right now as I'm praying, maybe there's somebody, a loved one that is lost, that we talked about evangelism, that their name needs to be called out right now, that you will bring deliverance to their lost soul. So whatever reason you need to come forward, we're going to wait on you for a few moments for you to come. Would you do that? Here we are, everybody. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. Come on, friend. But holy trust in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Say Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. We'll wait on you a few more minutes. On everybody, let's sing it. Here we go. Christ alone, Father, may the Holy Spirit keep his hand upon us. I pray that you would heal those who need a healing touch in their body. I pray you'd make a way where there is no way. And God, I pray you'd stop the hand of the devil that's coming to sidewind someone and they don't even know it yet. But your hand is held up to stop it. We declare that promise. I pray for that soul that used to be vibrant and fervent about their relationship with God in church. That has become cold and a bit indifferent. Fire them up in the name of the Lord. Fire them up by the authority of your word. And we'll give you praise and honor in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. Love you, everybody. God bless you. Let's rejoice in the Lord.